There are only a few American designers who inspire people as deeply as my guest. In her early career, she created The System, an eight-basic-piece minimalist wardrobe that every woman fell in love with. That system helped propel her brand to $500 million in annual sales. Now, Eileen Fisher inspires not only wardrobes, but how to do business differently through transparency, sustainability, and giving back to her employees. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is designer Eileen Fisher. Eileen and I discuss her illustrious backstory, why every clothing company needs to move towards sustainability, and why she thinks all businesses need to share ownership with their employees. This is very special to me. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, I, I, before we, we get too deep into things, I think you're maybe one of the first people that I ever knew more as more as like an icon than a designer. Uh-huh. So you have like, you know, you have like Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, Eileen Fisher. Like th- th- this, you're like, you're That's up so there. funny. It's funny. Somebody <laughs> was telling me we were a heritage brand the other day. I was like, heritage brand? What? Oh, heritage. Heritage. Me? No. I'm like this simple, just simple clothes girl from whatever. <laughs> I think it's, I think maybe that's because you haven't really become like, like a trendy brand in which right. every two years your collection's totally different. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> so they're like, oh, like they're oh, the God, same. I don't know how people do that. I can trust <laughs> I Eileen Fisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to kind of jump back to a little bit, because you weren't always Eileen Fisher, the brand. Right. Right. Uh, right. Where... Because you're originally from Pennsylvania. I'm from Illinois. Illinois. Near, near right. Chicago. Because you're, you're a Midwest person too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Midwest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Yes, I've been there. Big arch. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Keep driving. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, right? Yeah. So, and you, you come from a really large family, right? Yeah. Seven. Were Six you, girls. I'm second. Holy cow. Yeah. So were you, were you one of the only people to leave your family, like to, to move out of the nest? Yes, for a long time. Yeah. My youngest sister moved later. When did she move? I don't remember, but probably 10 years after she graduated from college. But I was the only one that moved. I went off to college and left the whole area. Why did you do that? Well, at the time, I thought that I was moving to New York because New York was the creative center of the world, you know, and I just wanted to be here in this energy field and do something, which I didn't even know. I wanted to be a designer. That was all I knew, but not much more than that. And, you know, probably I really wanted to get away from something that the life I was living there, you know, Um, it seemed kind of dull, you know, everything seemed sort of the same, Uh, like. Creative things were happening in New York or other places, but not so much where I was, you know. And what, what year was this that you get to New York? Uh, 72, 3, actually 73. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because New York was a very different vibe <laughs> in the early 70s. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a scary place, actually. I, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It was exciting, uh-huh. but I lived on the Upper West Side. Okay. And um, yeah, got... Sort of mugged a few times. Holy cow. Not too serious, you know, but okay. just enough to scare me. Sure. You know? um, nothing exactly life-threatening. 
So it was a little scary, but it was also exciting, you know. I, and arriving in New York, it was just like, oh my God, the architecture, the bridges, the people, the, you know, it's just like world of different things. It yeah. Was really, it was exciting. Yeah. I mean, so it was that kind of mix of sort of dark and exciting. Very different than, than Illinois. Oh my God, very <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I came to New York when I was 19 because uh-huh. in, in a similar situation in the which I had to get out of where I was at. Uh huh. Nothing dangerous. It yeah. was just the same. Like, I think New York for a lot of people represents a freedom, but in a lot of cases, a new identity. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's, there's this thing about New York in which you can come out here and no one really cares about you <laughs> in a way. So, so you can rewrite your entire story. Right. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. you come out to New York do you make friends quick? I mean, what do you what do no, you do? No, I'm, I'm not easy to make friends. No, I came with a friend. Okay, she had a boyfriend in New York, and that's what sort of motivated me to kind of get here. Even though I always pictured moving to New York from like I don't know middle school, seventh sure. grade, something. I thought I would move to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the opportunity. Okay, that she had a boyfriend, and so we came together, and we spent a summer out in the Hamptons working in restaurants. And yeah, then that's right. We moved right. into the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, are you? Is the entire like mindset in your head like this is just the next step to becoming a designer? I don't know that that was the entire mindset. Yeah. You know, I just think it was the pull of the energy of something in New York. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, maybe though. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think partly both. Yeah, I think there's something else in the city where you kind of you really find out who you are when mm. no one's looking. Mm. Did you have that experience? I think I'm still doing that. <laughs> I don't know that I really figured it out back then. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I struggled and stumbled around and, you know, found myself in kind of strange situations. I don't know. Yeah. What are one of these strange situations? Well, I, I think I've told the story of this Japanese boyfriend that I had that yeah. I actually went to work for. And after working for him for three or four months, all of a sudden I found myself in a relationship with him, which is like, you know, what am I doing? You know, and then I move in with him. So that was not great. You know, I learned a lot. Because yeah, you went to Japan. I went to Japan. I mean, it's actually created the foundation for my concept, business, yeah. and everything. So yeah. it was meant to be on some level, yeah. but it was also not very conscious. You know, right. If I think of myself as a woman, as a human, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking, you know? Do you feel like you kind of go with the flow more? Yeah. 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 It feels yeah. like you're, you're, you're kind of taking these opportunities as they come versus... Yeah. creating them somehow. Sure. Yeah, that's probably true. But that, I mean, it sounds like, you, you know, obviously that Japan trip kind of changed your whole life and, yeah. and helped make the brand. Totally, totally. So you go to Japan yeah. and you, what is it that you see that's so interesting there? Because I think there's a very common thread with a lot of very successful designers and in almost any brand about the, everyone's trying to understand Japan still to this oh, day. Yeah. You mean the aesthetic of Japan in particular? I, I mean, everything about it, how yeah. they do retail, oh, business how they, too. you know, yeah. how they design, how right. they, they choose not to, you know, cut any corners, right? you know, just the whole wabi-sabi of right. everything. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's cool. It really was something different. Yeah. 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 I think I was taken with the kind of 
general sense of simplicity of things, you know, the kind of earthiness and simplicity of everything. Yeah. You know, just like the the tables and the dishes and the just, you know, the the wood, the architecture, the I went to Kyoto and that okay, blew there my you go. mind. It just blew my mind. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not a Tokyo experience no, you're saying. No, <laughs> I really actually didn't like Tokyo. Tokyo yeah. is because I, I get really overwhelmed and especially everyone speaking a different language and like not knowing where I was, you know, just, that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved Kyoto and, you know, had the opportunity to travel around in the country and was taken with the crafts and the kimonos yeah. and the shapes. And, the, and that's really the inspiration for the clothing that, you know, that people wore this same shape in Japan for over a thousand years, one shape. Yeah, you know, a lot so. of these asymmetrical and you know really interesting designs that they they have these like boxy silhouettes. Right, right. They're based on yeah. some of them are based on sort of that that straight cut that drapes on the body that becomes you know how you move and how you how, how you wear it sort of. Yeah, it doesn't it's not it doesn't it's not formed to the body. Yeah, so that's sort of an interesting idea. So how how long were you in Japan? Um, I took four trips there because um, my partner had projects there. So mm-hmm. we worked on the projects together. So I took four trips in, in my late 20s uh, for a month each. Oh, my gosh. So you so really soaked there. it in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This isn't like a quick trip. And, no. Okay. No, no. Not just a visual inspiration, but more like. So you come back fresh-faced. Yeah. Hungry, ready to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it took me five years before yeah. the first, you know, four garments were made and um, before I actually showed the first little grouping. Five years? Yeah. It was an idea. It was kind of like some kind of fantasy in my mind that I kept seeing really? shapes and pictures. And How are you kind of cultivating this idea over five years? Uh, I was talking to people about okay. it and, you know, kind of getting feedback from different people about the idea and the potential of the concept. I felt like I was holding some kind of concept. Is that strange? It's weird. I look back and think, I, you know. You're what, you're, there's a lot of second guessing here. I, I don't think <laughs> oh, I would do that if I was Second guessing when I look back, like, why was I with that guy? Well, obviously, I, no, <laughs> that was I mean, meant you, to be. Yeah, you knew you know? what you were doing. Yeah, on some level. Some, <laughs> someone knew what I was doing. <laughs> it was guiding me in some weird way. Yeah. yeah. So five years go by, yeah. and then you're ready to do this. Yeah. And you start out at a trade show. Right. Which, by the way, is pretty stinking cool, because I think a lot of people now, and I, I don't know how aware you are of some of this, so uh, I beg your pardon, but some of these people now, they, they have what are called uh, like big cartel shops or Shopify shops, mm-hmm. in which you immediately, they're, they're just web platforms for e-commerce. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what you do is, you know, like people will have an idea for a brand and they'll launch it in 24 uh-huh. hours. Right. But I think very few of those brands are still around. Uh-huh. And it, it makes me wonder, you know, so much of what you did, you spent five years just uh-huh. trying to figure out like who you were, like the, right. you know, cause right. you kind of launched with a bit more integrity and background than a lot of these other brands. Of course, this is a, a bit <laughs> of time ago. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it wasn't like, it was sought out in some idea. way. I was strangely clear about what it was and what it wasn't. So you go to this trade show People are into you. Not the first one. The first one was, you know, like I was in the back. I had one little wall, you know. I sold a small amount of clothes and learned a lot. What's a small amount? Like um, 100 pieces. 
That's huge. No, but that was not that much, really, because the clothes were like, like it was like, I don't know, $3,000 of the clothes. It was not much. But to me, it was the right amount because right. I didn't have any clue what I was doing. So yeah. I didn't know how to get them produced. I didn't know. I mean, I knew where to buy the fabric. That was about it. And I had a friend, it was a friend of a friend who made my first patterns. And so she helped me find a little factory out in Queens. Yeah. And I always tell the story that I would like ended up cutting out all those first hundred pieces on my loft floor in Tribeca and carrying them down my 83 steps and in garbage bags on the subway out to Queens to have them sewn in the factory out there. Oh my God. I know, crazy story. Yeah. And then when I went to go pick them up, I'm like, oh, they're all in hangers. How am I going to pick them up? How am I going to get them back? I mean, like, I'm not so good at, even though I spent five years thinking about the concept, I'm not so good at thinking about head sometimes. There's, that will, I think the difference between that is you have visionary, then you have executor. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not the executor. You're, you're on the visionary side. That's okay. They're, the world needs a lot more visionaries than executors. Executors are a little okay. bit easier. <laughs> um, so when do you get, like, your name? In your in your oh, brand, oh yeah. Well, the the name actually, um, when I first launched the line, which I never would you just even, air quoted no, there knew that word. What? Yeah, I said you just air quoted just so for listeners because <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I never. I don't. I'm not so good at thinking about launching. So and I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just putting my clothes out to see if I, they would sell <laughs> if anybody would like them. You know, right. So. Um, I forgot what was your question. No, it's okay. Like, like when when you first saw your name. Oh, the, in the name clothing. thing. Right. I try yeah. to I try to block that. It's still a weird <laughs> thing. Really, there's an Eileen Fisher. Really, people sometimes say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you know there's a famous designer by the same name as you? When I give my credit card, that's what I get. <laughs> Are you serious? That's. Sick. I go. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, you never you never say that it's me. I usually don't. I Hi. like to be incognito. <laughs> I mean, I don't you- like to be known for that. You know, okay. I just like to have interaction with people and on a one-to-one level if I'm meeting them in an airport or someplace random like a restaurant, you know. Jeez, you are grounded. Uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when you see your name in your, in your brand? Like, did, does that like click in your head that, oh my gosh, like I, I made this, like this is a complete piece? It's never complete. It never feels complete. Yeah? No. Isn't that weird? Wait, why does it not feel complete? Um, because there's always more to do. No. Yeah, because it's so much bigger. Not necessarily bigger, bigger selling lots more, but so much more work to do. Sure. Yeah. But you you never stopped for one minute to just like be like, oh my gosh, I did this. Oh, you know, I can, I can say that a few times. Like I was thinking about when, when the company was tiny and my dad came to visit me. Yeah. Um, and he was an accountant and he wanted to help me make sure that I was getting paid for all the work I was doing, that people were paying their bills. And oh, stuff. Yeah. So he sat down at the end of the day after looking over all my records and said, Eileen, do you know how much money you made this year? And I said, no. He said, $200,000. I was like, whoa. He was so blown away. I remember thinking, oh, well, I guess I'm successful. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it was really more because my dad was noticing me. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I mean, that's interesting about your dad. And I think a lot of people, their idea of success often comes from what their parents thought right. it was. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I've wrestled with that myself a ton. Right. Into which, you know, I, I moved to New York to try to be a musician. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I, I sit before you now, a broken man, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seems like you figured out another path. Sure. Things I, find you, don't I, they? Yeah, but I think so much in my head, 
it was really like, but it, I wonder if my dad thinks this is okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. How, how was that for you? Cause I do know that it was a little bit tough for like schooling and stuff for you. You didn't, your, your dad said he oh, wanted to hold back good. some money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my dad just didn't think girls need to go to school. Yeah. So he sat me down to tell me that, you know, that's cool that you want to go to co- college. He didn't say cool. He said that I, I'm glad you want to go to college, but you know, we have seven children, only one boy and six girls. So we don't have that much money. So we're going to save the money for the boy because I don't actually believe that you as a girl will need to pay for things. You, you'll, you'll get married and your husband will take care of you. Right. So. That's a very, very, <laughs> very traditional uh, mindset. I think I just wanted to prove him wrong. No, I, I yeah, traditional. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I've, I've wrestled with that too with my, with my grandparents. Yeah. I think you, you know, you're just trying to figure out: is it their fault? Is it my fault? Like, what, what is that? You know, right. how does that feel? I mean, did you? I don't. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But like, did you forgive your dad later? Yeah, actually, I, I brought him to therapy with me once. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and I so you went full that circle. Story. <laughs> okay. And he said, "Well, yes, I probably did say that." <laughs> and and then he said, "But you know," and the therapist said, "Well, what do you think today about that? And what do you think about Eileen today?" And he said, "Oh, it's, you know, it's just amazing what she's done." And I actually don't. I I think I used to think that way, but I I don't think that way anymore about women. You know, so. So it was good. Yeah. I think we really came full circle. I mean, I, you did. I, I think I really healed some things with my dad. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's, I don't know, at least to me, I think that's far more important than, yeah. you know, 1,500 employees and all that other stuff. Because if you're never right in the head, you right. can't lead anything. Right. Right. Well, you know, there's always this endless work too. I, I still work on other things with my dad and my mother and, you know, all of that. It's endless work. Yeah. Know? It's just yeah. lifelong work, and to me, it's the most important work. You know, I think about that a lot. I mean, I have a, a two-year-old. Uh, well, oh, she's sweet. almost two, oh, and so much in my head. Good age. Yeah, I, I think about like how can I be, how be can I set her. this girl up for success? There's you know so many things that I you know wrestle with with my own parents that I wanted to be that I wanted you know. I always wanted to play sports and I never played any sports. You know, uh, I grew up in a church. Everything was about the church. Wow. Yeah. So, so much of that stuff. And, and, you know, I wonder maybe some of this entrepreneurial spirit and all this comes from you, like you were saying earlier, like just kind of like proving these people wrong. Not, not, not this sort of vengeance, but this, you, you deserve it. You can do it. Yeah, maybe. So to jump back to the success of of your brand that success. you're that you're unaware of at the time. Yeah, success is a great topic, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> still always questioning what the heck is success. You know, so it needs a redefinition. I definitely think, but go ahead. Well, keep, well keep wait, we can pivot question. to that real quick. What, what do you mean? What's what would be a redefinition? Well, I just of success? think the whole idea—it's been interesting for me. You know, I never expected to be a person who had money. For example, I would have thought that might have solved all of my problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, or or even not even money, but being successful um, in a I don't say capitalist way, but um, and and to me, it's not even just that; it's doing something I loved and wanted to do and had a vision about. Uh, Even that is a question as to whether that's the most important thing, right? You know, like why? It's always to me why. Like you were asking me the questions, you know, maybe I was trying to prove something. I don't. know about that but i know that um 
I think the why is something I ask myself a lot now in terms of success, like how, how big, how much, why, why are we doing this, what can we do better? That's, I think, an important part of why we do all the sustainability work we do. We're always asking why and how, how can it be better? How can we do more? Yeah. How can we make the situation different? Well, yeah, I mean, what's, what's def- I definitely want to talk about that, about some of your sustainability efforts. But before we, we jump to that, so you're building your brand. Yeah. And, you know, how many employees did you have when your dad comes in and is like, holy cow? Oh, I don't know, six or seven. Okay. Five? <laughs> part-time employees, probably, probably five part-time employees. Yeah. Probably hadn't even, didn't even have my first full-time employee yet. Really? Maybe, maybe, maybe okay. one or two. So then, because you, you're a perfect example of a, in a good way, a slow and steady build. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Of, into which... Sort of organic growth yeah. we talk about, yeah. Never really losing sight of who you are. Well, now I always lose sight. It's just a matter of constantly correcting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you fooled everyone else. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, you know, and then maintaining a specific vision. I mean, the cool part about your brand and and other people that I know, like I did a thing at Parsons once and they talked about, you know, uh, what success is in some of these ways is, is that when someone says your brand name, people know what it looks like in their head. Mm, mm -hmm. And I mean, Eileen Fisher is immediately, you you know, oh yeah. cool. And like, I'm not, I mean, I'm a man. What do you know about it? You know, and in my eyes, like I kind of associated you, and now this is from my perspective, as this like chic women's wear Patagonia mindset company. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Into cool. which take it. the well, yeah, please <laughs> fight me on this. Into which the the idea is bigger than the brand. Uh huh. But the brand came from this idea. Uh huh. Oh, so. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I like that's, I, I wasn't doing any sort of brand work before, <laughs> but something about that, you know. A lot of people ask me, Jeremy, I think I'm ready to finally get some nice shoes. So where do I start? Where do I go? I send everyone to the same place, grantstoneboot.com. Grantstone shoes and boots are made to last. With three generations of shoemaking in their family, Grantstone makes the perfect classic footwear that works in every man's wardrobe. They're ethically produced and made to last years. Grantstone's shoes are made the old-fashioned way with a Goodyear weld. That means once you wear the soles out, you don't need to throw them away. You can repair them and wear them again. Because shoes aren't made to wear once, they're made to stay in your family. I've been wearing their Traveler Penny loafers and love how good they look with my jeans and chinos. Right now, Grant Stone is offering listeners $25 off their first pair of boots or shoes. Just visit grantstoneboot.com and enter promo code BLAMO at checkout. That's grantstoneboot.com and enter promo code BLAMO for $25 off your first pair of boots or shoes. It felt like that you guys were you know, almost convicted of a lot of these sort of sustainability things way before uh-huh. any brand starts that yeah. says like, oh, I think we want to be yeah. better. Yeah. Because do you remember what year it was when you guys decided to start being a little bit, uh, like thinking more about the, your impact in terms of your environmental impact? What year was this? Well, I think it's sort of come in different phases. It was always kind of an 
a part of thinking of sort of timeless design and not wasting things and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and using good materials that lasted and that kind of thing. We hired a head of social consciousness in 25 years ago, maybe? 25 years ago. Yeah. And then we hired somebody under, we've hired a whole team of people under her. One is director of uh, sustainability, and now we have supply chain mapping and human rights and all kinds of different roles in there. Whose idea was it to hire that person or to even think to say we should have someone for social consciousness? Um, you know, it's funny because I don't think it actually was my idea. I think when an idea has power, it sort of attracts other people that. Um, are kind of reading this sort of evolutionary energy mm-hmm. somehow. And so I think we drew in people who, again, I can't even tell you whose idea it was. Sure. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, yes, of course, let's do that. You right. Know? That's important. Yeah. It's, and it really, this, the social consciousness really started with worrying about the workers in the factories. That was sort of the first arm of it, and then it became sustainability. Okay. And then we started, you know, we started looking at materials and... Well, then we, st- we started doing, we did organic cotton, like, I don't know, 20 years ago for the first time. But we weren't committed to it. I think the big commitment came maybe five years ago where it got really serious, where it was like we made our 2020 commitment where we wanted to, you know, have our, our materials be eco-preferred by 2020. Um, we're getting there. We're not 100%. Anyway, so that was, when, when did we make that commitment? I think maybe five years ago. That's, but we were on the path all along. Yeah, but even then, just to have the foresight to have a role and to be thinking about this stuff so far in advance. Yeah. It's interesting, like, because to me, when you think about brands these days, people are really trying to, you're not really buying clothes anymore. You're, you're, you're buying, like, a connection to a brand. You're, yeah. buying, you're buying a community. Yeah. You know, and I mean, my, my wife's a perfect example of this into which who she wants to shop with because she wants to associate herself as a part of that idea, as a uh-huh. member yeah, of that. And I think that's something that, whether you realize it or not, you were one of the first brands to really, truly create that. As huh. when, I, when I wear Eileen Fisher, I think and care about A, B, C, and D. Right, right. I, cool. I just think that's really incredible to me. Yeah, we've always had a very loyal following there, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. If you could explain a little bit, there, you guys had a sort of a design of just a pile of clothes that was even in the office that was just like there. Oh, yeah. What, what? Did you see the pile of clothes? Oh, I did. Oh, down in the, in the showroom. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys started, did you start buying back? Yeah, 10 years ago. 10 Long years before ago. before anybody else was doing it. <laughs> right. Wait, so whose idea was that? Uh, my very first employee. Okay. She... Um, we were going to open a store in, up by the office, the lab store. We were going to play with this idea of a lab store and try, testing ideas. And so right. she came up with the idea of selling our vintage clothes. And I was like, whoa, that, how, do, how do we do that? You know? And we started with just the idea that um, all of our employees, we had so many clothes in our closet. And, and you, know, you were always pulling old ones out and working with them because they don't change so much. You know? Yeah, or portions change or something like that. We use a lot of similar fabrics over the years. Anyway, but we had closets full of clothes, all of us who worked at the company. And so it, was, it started just with, like, let's just start by giving our clothes back to this. And then uh, it started by we were going to donate all the money to women and girls because we, we have uh, separate initiatives for supporting women and girls. And 
we wanted to have a steady kind of stream of income for that. So that's what we were going to use that for. Um, but then it built into this whole thing. We started, the customers wanted to do it. They wanted to return their clothes, so we just started taking back the clothes from the customers, and we give them $5 a piece for each garment they bring. And now you have to go visit our tiny factory. It is full of clothes. <laughs> Warehouse is full of clothes. And, and we're now doing all kinds of exciting things, remaking things. We, we sell a, a fair amount, and then we... Now we're actually remaking. We have art pieces. Well, you saw some of it in the showroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the, the co- coverings for the, some of the wall pieces. Yeah, we did big shows in Milan. and Cool, really cool. That's Selling art to architects and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Very cool. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that is, that's happened a lot with you as your brand is like, yes, like you've continued to make clothes and you've made great clothes, but you've also become a bit of a figurehead. Like you were saying, like, I mean, you're, you're even having these sort of foundations into which there's these initiatives to help, you know, women and then you're right. leading these initiatives with factories and, right. and, you know, ethical treatment. Was this something that you saw coming or was this one of those other things that you're like, well, I'll just, I guess I'll just go with the flow. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I don't think I would say that I saw it coming. I think it came. It was going with the flow. It was like, oh, this needs attention. Oh, this is something, you know, that needs to be done. Or, you know, we have inspiration about it. Like yeah. I was saying about Siggy and the, the taking the clothes back. Oh, what a good idea. Or hire a social consciousness director. Right, good idea. Right. So it's usually not my idea. It's more like I kind of recognize a good idea. Well, I mean, that's that's the symbol of a good leader there is that you empower someone who has that idea versus... Because mm. I, I haven't really heard you take credit for anything yet this entire yeah. interview. Yeah. Well, I grew up Catholic. You know, <laughs> no, that's that's fine. That. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. I mean, what religion? You said you were grew up in a church? I did. My dad was a... Uh, he's retired now, forcefully. He was a preacher uh, of sorts. Yeah, not non-denominational pastor. Oh. I can't say that I'm convicted by a, a specific belief either, although I, I, I do meditate and I do yoga and I really believe in those kind of presence-type practices as really helping. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what, what do you mean by helping? Like, what, helping what does it me do? to stay grounded. Okay. Know, to be sane. Wait, so when did you start meditating? Because, oh. I mean, this was, that was happening in, in the Japan yeah. tip a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, no, but I didn't... Uh, I started meditating really regularly, maybe 15 years ago, every okay. day. Yeah. Every day? Yeah. yeah. How long? Just 10 minutes, but I also do yoga in the mornings. But just again, 10, my little routine is only 20 minutes. That's a routine? But it's still a routine. What yeah. kind of yoga? I do, I studied Kripalu yoga, Whoa, and now flex. I'm kind of hooked on uh, Kundalini. I like the breathing stuff, but I still do that sort of basic Hatha type yoga that I got from Kripalu. I'm on that Iyengar tip. Oh, no, no, no. That's too too strenuous for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I like it because I think one of the poses was Guys, standing straight. Know, oh, that, oh, that one. I, I stood up I'm straight so for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, earlier, to, to jump back, I mean, we, okay, we had talked... Yeah, a, we can go off onto spiritual stuff. No, no, it's another fine. Another podcast. Okay. <laughs> we had talked back a bit about... That. No, oh, wait. Well, we had talked about we? success oh, and, success. and your idea oh, and where... It sounded like some of your idea about success was was a bit more about uh, money, and money, and and accomplishing an idea or or expressing myself, yeah, uh, and and achieving. You know, it's, it wasn't like I had a goal to be famous. I don't think like that. You know, I actually 
I'm a little uh, quite uncomfortable with the name thing and you were asking me questions and like oh, yeah. walking by the store. Oh, right. <laughs> Go to the other side of the street. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so there's a little just some discomfort about that. But the success thing. Well, uh, one no, of the things ahead. that you did, which I think is like incredibly beautiful to me, is is how you've you've allowed your employees to share in this success financially. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Where did that idea come from? Well, yeah. Um, Specifically, allowing them to purchase ownership yeah, within the company. Yeah. And actually, it was kind of an indirect purchase. Like, the company purchased the stock from me and then gifted it to the employees over time. So, but anyway, but the idea was um, sharing. I come from a f- large family. We shared everything, you know. It felt right. But it's your, yeah. it's your money. It's your business. Well, everybody else puts their energy into it. And to me, it's all so much about energy, you know? It wouldn't be anything without all the employees. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, it's, it, there's so many people whom I don't know if they could say the same thing. I think it should be a requirement. Yeah? I mean, I think that all business should have to give at least 10% to the employees. I just think that would help to kind of equalize things. I do believe, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of other careers into which, you know, you get the pat on the back and like, hey, great job, Jeremy. I'm going to go jump in my Maserati. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. you're like, okay, well, I, I do want to try to pay these bills or I do want to do that into which, you know, there, there's an employee to share in not only the notoriety success of the company, but the monetary success is, is really, really special, important thing. I mean, it shows how deeply you care. Yeah. They also share in the downtimes. So, right. so then they go like, oh, that's what it means to be an owner. No profits? Uh-oh. <laughs> what well, are we going to do to fix this? So there's a different kind of participation. Too. Downtime isn't something you've had too often <laughs> a few. recently. We've had a few. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When was your last one, if you don't mind? Well, well, I, th- I would say we're in the midst of a kind of a difficult time right now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of transformational process, I think, right now, of mm. really trying to, you know, get the next generation. And, you know, we have a lot of employees who've been around a long time who are in the midst of preparing to retire. I'm 69 years old, so, you know, I can't do this forever either, even though my name's on the door, you know? yeah. But I want to see the idea live, and I want to see it transformed in this new age. And I want to see the next generation really understand what I think this idea is about, you know, which is timeless design. You don't need a lot of clothes. You just need to have the few that make you feel good and, right. and that last and play with them a little and make them new from season to season, but, you know, style them a little differently or get a couple of new pieces, things like that. That, and then the work of the sustainability work is just like the need to transform this industry. You know, so we're investing a lot mm-hmm. in that work, in our sustainability work, both the innovation side and the upfront side of material work and stuff like that. So, so it's creating a little struggle, you know, that um, department store business is a little... That's across the board. A little shaky across the board. So yeah. that's been... It's about half of our business. It's been a little hard. Um, and you have a lot of retail? We have 60 of our own stores. So that's sort of okay, that part. Um, but the digital space is something we're really learning. You know, we're, we, we didn't grow up in the digital space. Yeah. So we didn't start there. 
So learning how to navigate that space and really succeed there, which I think we've been doing, but we have more to learn. I think especially because you're one of those brands, and I'll say this, I'm not looking for you to throw shade on anyone, yeah. where a lot of people see you and kind of want to knock you off mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're the aesthetic of, of what you are. And this is where it jumps back to what you have built through the identity of the Eileen Fisher brand. You can buy something that's going to look, air quote, like Eileen Fisher-esque, yeah. but it doesn't have all of the things that right. come along with owning right. a piece of the brand. Right. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, I think that it's partly buying into the ethos and all the other work that we do um, and the product itself, the quality of the materials and that kind of thing. I do think we are kind of really doing the work and that's expensive. You know, so the sustainability work, for example, and whether it's on the innovation end or the recycling end or the upfront end, it's expensive work. It's complex and things cost more. Mm-hmm. Um worth it it's in in five or ten years nothing else is going to matter if you're in the clothing business and you're not really doing the work you're you're just not going to be in business customers are too hip you know they're going to get it and you know the planet's on fire as we know yeah so that's not going to be okay um but the thing that bothers me is that there are a lot of brands and i don't mind them copying the style i don't mind them copying the whole idea of sustainability please do it (laughs) please do it but really do it you know don't just tell the story of the one recycled poly whatever you're doing do the work, you know, across the board. Yeah. You know, really do it. So we'll share, we'll model, whatever, but don't do it for PR reasons. Right. Know? Do it, do the real work and copy us. Do the real things. <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah, I think that's, that's something where I wonder if your legacy is going to be for what you created in terms of how people should think versus mm. the clothes mm. that are out there. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we were talking about mentorship. We were talking about that. Yeah. We actually, you know, you talked about people retiring. Yeah. You know, how much of your time these days is part of like mentoring others? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, really all of it is trying to mentor. That's a good word. Yeah. Share, teach, draw out yeah. and also learn because the next generation sees the future in ways that I don't. Yeah. You know, so it's really that that kind of um, reverse mentoring, cro- back and forth mentoring. Right. So learning, but sharing, trying to share what I tried to do and help. You know, how do we take this forward? How does this become new? Yeah. 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 But also all the sustainability work. I keep going back to it. Because no, please. It's just it's just so important, and it just it just has to happen. I'm passionate about that, and so anything that both sharing internally how we're trying to do it and externally with other brands. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like a trade secret you're trying to hide. No, no, yeah. no. We really want to help. So yeah. there you go. No. Success, new definition of success. Is make the, leave the world a better place, you know. Well, so technically right now you're doing all that. We're trying. Right. We're trying. Well, would you say now like that you're like, successful? successful? There's more to do. There's a lot more to do, but uh, it's a success of a certain kind. Yeah. 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 What, uh, I don't know. Am I too hard on myself? I think, well, <laughs> I'm, from this interview, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's okay to, to, be, to be proud of what you've, what you've yeah. done. I don't yeah. think you are 
poo-pooing anything, obviously. Yeah. But I yeah. think, you know, in order to to go to the next milestone, in some yeah. ways you kind of have to feel that you conquered the one that you just Oh, that's came interesting. From. Good. Okay. I, I like what you said about success and that you have to accept the current, that current piece is sort of complete. Yeah. Like the clothing piece is sort of, my part of it is sort of complete. But my part of what this company and this idea is, is still bigger. It still, it still has more growth in it. Yeah. I mean, I, just so you know, I'm wearing a clothing brand right now of jeans that are all upcycled. Oh, cool. That's so great. So much of that. But this is the thing where like you, you play a large part in motivating and encouraging these young designers to think that way. That's so cool. That's so cool. And my thing is, at least for me, I, I get motivated to keep going and doing the right thing when I hear that, oh, okay, wait, it's working. Right. So like, do you ever get to take the time to be like, oh, there's a denim company out there that I've helped and that I've influenced through my, through my, how I've tried to run my business. Nice. Yes. Yes. We do have some of those sweet stories. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause that to me, like that, that's the biggest story here. That's the podcast. I mean, look, you're, you started a brand, blah, 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 American dream, blah, blah. Like that doesn't matter when like, you know, if you, if you get the whole Steve jobs, like the dent in the universe thing that you made. Right. 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 I think that maybe the dent is is changing how people can think about not just associating with the brand, but being a part of that brand and how they should think and judge other brands. Right, right. And how they can make a difference like you with your jeans. Their buying power. Like yeah. Everything you buy is a vote for the environment or a vote for the causes and the... The yeah, work of the people you're buying it from. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to stop buying clothes. Right. I think it's just going to change how they're... Maybe a few less if they're... I, yeah. Well, thanks to that whole Marie Kondo thing, yes. a lot of people <laughs> decided to start their wardrobe She's over. adorable. Yeah. I mean, you this was a very huge, engaging. This is a huge pleasure and honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for, My for coming My total on. delight. Thank you. Oh, thank it was you. fun. You've been listening to Blamo. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Blamo is edited by Brendan Finn, and our intern is Connor Vaughn. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcast or email us at info at blamopod.com. Want to know more about what's going on in fashion or menswear or just meet other folks? Join our Slack group. It's a private chat group online where tons of Blamo listeners chat about everything. Just send us an email saying, hey, I want to join the Slack and we'll get you in.